Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Why don't you go ahead and find your seat? Awesome. We're an outgoing church. Look at this. <laughs> Man, so glad you're all here today. My name is Keith. I'm the campus pastor. I'm um, ready, to, ready to, to share the word with you today. How many of you enjoyed worship today? Wasn't it amazing? Yeah, it's a good time. The Lord was doing something, something really, really special in the room. Um, I, I really believe, and, and Dan actually already hit on this, but I believe um, for a lot of you, he was, he was breaking off shame and guilt in your life. Um, I, I believe there was a, a lot of you in here today, and you were trying to work through um, some of that past hurt and that past shame and guilt so that you could lift your hands freely so that you could come into his presence freely. And um, I just want you to know today, he did that. He broke that shame off your life, don't go back to it. He broke that condemnation and guilt on your life, no matter how you feel right now, he broke it off of you. So look at your neighbor and say, don't go back. <laughs> don't go back, amen. Well, uh, in some ways today, uh, today's message is gonna be kind of a part two to uh, a message I started two weeks ago that I that I called fruit stoppers. And you remember, we, we talked about the parable of the sower. And um, we've all read this parable before, but in short, the parable is just all about the word of God and the condition of our heart. And Jesus teaches us in this parable that what, what is actually in the soil of your heart will determine the fruit that the word of God can produce in your life. Hear me today. As powerful as the word of God is, it needs good soil to land on. As powerful as the word of God is, in, in fact, in every word that you read, every word of God that you hear, every word that you talk about, you know what it has in it? It has fruit-producing power. But there can also be things in the, in, in the soil of our hearts, so to speak, like worry or the cares of this world, that even though the, the seed gets in, there's things that can actually choke out. In other words, there can be things in our heart that are competing for the nutrients of our soul. And that word can't come to pass like it needs to come to pass in our life. You see, the heart matters to God. Today, I want to kind of continue and jump off of that and continue to talk to us about the heart. I want to talk to you about your heart. I don't know if you've read through scripture and, and figured this out or not, but God is very, very concerned with our heart. We even see that he came to the, the prophet Samuel when, when, when Samuel went to go find a king for Israel. And what did, what did God tell the prophet? He said, man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the, that God looks at our heart. Our heart is this, this uh, I want to kind of describe it to you as this inner you. It's the, the, the innermost part of you. It's the part of you that makes decisions. It's the part of you that feels. It's the part of you that thinks. It's the part of you that weighs options. It's the part of you that actually gets on board and decides to follow the spirit of God. And it can also be the part of you that gets on board and decides to follow the flesh. It's our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our heart. Our heart is important to God. Today I wanna I want to talk to you about your heart because whatever is present in your heart actually determines the path of your feet. 
Whatever is present in your heart will actually determine the path that you take. Did you know that whatever is present in your soul, whatever you have lingering in here, whatever you have planted in your heart, it's actually determining your steps. It has a way of determining the decisions that you make, the choices that you go with. I mean, the the feelings that you feel, the thoughts that you have, they're actually all coming from one place. They're coming from your heart. If you have your Bible today, turn to Proverbs chapter 4, a very, very well-known scripture about the heart. I like reading out of the New Living Translation. It's my favorite translation because it was written at a fifth grade level, and I need that in my life, all right? (laughs) Come on. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Look at what it says. These are the, this is the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth and the wisest people to, to write the book of Proverbs. And here's what they tell us. They say, guard your heart above all else. What are we supposed to guard above everything else in our life? Not our possessions, not our friendships, not our relationships. He says, to guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I love what the NIV, how the NIV puts it. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do actually flows from this soul, this heart, that God has placed on the inside of each and every single one of us. Hear me today, I think it's extremely important that we as believers, we're going to talk about this today, It's extremely important that we as believers learn how to manage our heart. That we actually learn how to look after our heart. That we learn how to feed our heart. We learn how to nourish our heart. And ultimately, we learn what God really means when he says to guard our heart. I want to title the message, Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for your word. Yeah, we just thank you that it is life to us that it's alive, that it's breathing. Um, and we, we um, just even at, like the parable of the sower, we open up our heart. We say today, God, you have fertile soil to throw this seed on. <laughs> we get out all worry. We get out all the cares of this world. Um, we, we connect to you in this moment. And we say we, 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 want, we want this word today to, to get down deep into our soul so that it begins to produce the fruit that, we, that you want us to see in our life. Yeah, and we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one who leads and guides us into truth, and I pray that you would help us do that today. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Kind of want to see by a show of hands, how many of you still go to the physical grocery store to get your groceries? Okay, the majority of you. How many of you have found the Lord and you have Walmart delivery? <laughs> have your grocery delivery? Anybody? Nobody? Come on, we have a couple people. Okay, all right, good. Y'all need come talk to me after, not to pray. I won't pray with you. I'm going to introduce you to the best thing you've ever experienced in your life, okay? For many of us, we, we, uh, whether I think this analogy kind of applies, whether we go to the physical store or not, um, how many of you have ever gone grocery shopping hungry before? You ever gone hungry before? What happens when you go hungry? You see, there's, there's actually things that end up in your cart that you had, that had no business ever getting in your cart, Right? You're walking down the aisle, you go past the Oreos, 100% those are going in my cart. Oatmeal cream pies, holy spirits and that, put it right in, right? 
chips, doesn't matter what kind, I want every chip when I'm hungry, right? And you, you begin to fill your cart with all this junk, right? It's like when you go hungry, when you're kind of empty, the, the, the wrong things tend to get in. Oh, but what happens when, when you go and you're full? It's kind of a lot easier to say no to those double stuffs, you know what I mean? We say the little Debbies, back away from me, Satan. I will flee from you. Like we have, it's like when we're, when we're full, we have this ability to say no. We, we, we see this all the time when we go to a restaurant, right? And we go and we, we sit down to eat. And if you're anything like me, um, I love to get the appetizer and I love to get a big entree. And, and I love to just fill myself up with the food, right? But something happens at the very end of dinner for all of us. What, hap- what, is, the, what is the waiter always come over and, and ask you? They say, did you save room for dessert. Ma'am, I haven't saved room for dessert in 15 years, right? <laughs> I've, there's never been one, one time I'm like, I, I did save room. No, I've never saved room, ever. I didn't save room. We don't, we don't save room. I, we're, we're full. Now, imagine if they were to bring out all the desserts before dinner, what would you say? What would you say? Uh, I have plenty of room for dessert, right? You see, we, under, we understand this concept when it comes to our physical body. We understand this concept that when we, when we fill our, our flesh, our, our life with, with the right, our stomach with the right things, it's a lot easier to say no to the wrong things. But what many of us don't understand is that our heart and our soul actually works the exact same way. That when we fill our heart with the right things, it's actually a lot harder for the wrong things to get in. When we fill our life and we fill our heart and our soul with God's ways and his, and his principles and in his word and we have spiritual family and we have community around us and we fill our life with, with the things of God, we, we, we all of a sudden have this power that we didn't have before. We have this, this ability to, when we, when we come up in, in, into contact with sin or into, into anything else that would be evil or that we don't want in our life, we have this ability just to say, you know what? I actually, I actually don't have room for that. There's actually no room in my heart because my heart is so full of him that I actually don't want anything else. And I wonder sometimes if there's things that get in our heart because we actually haven't filled it up with what God tells us to fill it up with. I wonder sometimes if we go through life and the enemy comes to us and says, hey, do you have any room for offense? And because we haven't filled our heart with forgiveness or mercy or the grace of God, offense is able to get in, plant roots, and begin to bear fruit in our life. You see, why does this matter? Why, what, what, am, I, what am I trying to get across to you today? You see, we, we are called to guard our heart. God has taught us to guard our heart. But one of the ways that we, that we guard our heart is not just by stopping bad things from getting in, but that we actually fill our heart up with good things. We fill our heart up with godly things. Like we were sitting at the table and we get so full of him that when anything else is offered that is contrary to him, we say, you want, no thanks, please take the dessert away. I want to ask you today, where, where is your, where's your heart? What is, what is in your heart? 
I were to be really honest with you today, I, uh, I believe that as, as believers, it should be really hard for us to get offended. I don't know how, for some reason, as I began to prepare this message, this example of offense just kept coming up and coming up. But truth be told, as, as believers, we should actually not get very offended very much. It should take a whole lot to offend us. In other words, when we, when we are scrolling through Instagram and we're scrolling through Facebook and somebody is saying things that we don't agree with, it should actually take a lot for that thing to get into our heart. We should be, we should be filled up with, with what, what he has said, so much so that when offense tries to come and get in, it actually has to work through something in our soul to actually get in there. Are you hearing me today? Is this making any sense? You see, God has called us to, to, to fill our life with his grace, his mercy, his love for people. Here's one, forgiveness. And see, when we have the opportunity to get offended, there should be something that happens when offense tries to come. It should actually, sorry, sorry, sound guy. It should just butt up against something. When it's trying to get into our heart and lodge into that heart, why is offense trying to get in in the first place? Because the devil wants to determine the steps of your life. He would love nothing more than for offense to start driving your decisions. He would love nothing more than for fear to start uh, ma making the decisions for your life. But there should be something on the inside of us. There should be something in our heart that actually whenever something contrary comes, it's like it hits a brick wall and it's gonna have to do a lot of work. It's gonna have to be a big deal for it to actually get in to my life. You know, I, uh, I remember this, this story of, Nat, Natalie's not in here today, so I'm gonna tell a bad story about her, so, all right? So just, just don't go and share it with her. She'll never know, all right? I'm kidding, I asked her if I could do this because I'm a good husband and I love my wife and I'm a, I'm a good husband, all right? Get off, all right? So I asked her, um, there was, this, was one time she was, um, she was a basketball player, and um, she, she grew up in a little small town called Turkey. Um, Turkey and Kitty Quay were the two towns. They actually had, yes, that's the name of the town, they had to come together to, to actually make a six-man school, like two towns, that's how small they were. Well, I'll just be honest, not just to brag on my wife, she was a beast on the basketball court, all right? Like, I'm just saying, pretty much 99% of you guys, besides Andre, who's 6'8", she would straight take you, all right? She would you, would, you would feel less of a man if you played basketball against her, okay? She's just really, really good, and she was kind of the only player on her team that, was, that, could, that could score, and, and uh, there was this one game, she was in this small town, I forget where it was, and and this, this girl was, was guarding her, and she was, she was just trying to get into, into Natalie's head. And she was pulling on her jersey the whole time. She was pinching her. She was just, she was fouling her every time she got the ball, and not many calls were, were getting called. Well, finally, Natalie just got fed up with, with what was going on in the situation. So she was down there posting up, and she was waiting for the ball to get swung around. And so whenever it got swung around the key, what, in her head, she was like, I'm just going to pivot real hard and I want this elbow to go right in the nose of this girl, and maybe she'll back off a little bit, right? This makes me love my wife so much, okay? <clears throat> I love this story. And so sure enough, the ball goes across the court. She pins her. Well, when she throws her elbow, she hits this girl in the teeth and knocks her front teeth out. 
Yeah. Well, we, oh, hey, y'all can pray for her after the service. She's fine. All right. She's actually in the back and she's literally ducking. Okay. Um, I mean, and she, she really didn't mean to do it. She just wanted to give her a quick little jab and be like, hey, girl, back off, you know? Well, all that happened, she hit her in the teeth. She falls to the ground, blood everywhere. Um, she later finds out that, yeah, she had knocked out her front teeth. There was dental work done, cost them thousands of dollars. I mean, I hope they're not here today. Please be, oh, if you're not here today. Okay, so, but after that happened, the refs were so mad at her and the crowd was so mad at her that they just called three straight fouls on her. She was breathing wrong and they'd call a foul and they kicked her out of the game. Completely, now you could argue this point, but that was completely unfair, right? It was her teeth that were in the way, you know what I mean? Like, they should, you can't just start calling fouls for no reason. Well, this made her dad extremely mad. And we didn't find out until two years later. I mean, this has been 15 years, two years, to, or two years ago. Um, we were talking about this story, and he's like, yeah, so after everyone left, I, was, uh, I waited in the parking lot for those refs to come out. And I was like, yeah, you did. What happened? He's like, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but I'll just say this. I said everything that I wanted to say to them that night. <laughs> and I, I could not get this story out of my head because I love what it represents, that when, when something tries to come and, 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 and come on our life, something that's unfair, something that's unjust, something that might even, you might even consider evil, there should be something in our heart that is waiting in, the, it's waiting in the parking lot. There should be some truth in our heart that when something wrong comes against us, truth immediately confronts the wrong and says, you're not allowed in here. I know, you wanna, you, I know you wanna get into my heart and start determining the course of my life, but actually I've set up this thing called the word of God, the truth of God, the promises of God, the ways of God, the principles of God, the wisdom of God, and it says you can't get in here and plant any seed because there's actually no room for you. I've filled up my life. Let's see, I'm talking about being aggressive about your relationship with God. I'm talking about you being tough. I'm talking about you um, not, just, not just letting the enemy win and then figuring it out three months later that he, somehow he got in, and then you got to go in and let the word do some surgical work for you and free you from what the enemy did. Now, do I believe in that? Yes. Is God gracious enough and loving enough to come in and do that? Yes, but I believe that God has, has given us a way to live in a higher way. And what is that higher way? I'm going to stop that flipping seed from ever getting in. Instead of trying to tear down the tree, I'm just plucking up the seed. We're called to protect our hearts, to guard our heart. And it's not just about taking every thought captive. But it's actually about you spending time with the Lord, spending time in his word, and putting so much truth in. that there's truth ready for anything that the enemy wants to throw at you. Proverbs chapter 22 says it this way. He says, listen to the words of the wise. Apply your, what's that word? Heart. Apply your heart to my instruction. For it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. Look at what this proverb is actually teaching us. He's saying it's good to keep these sayings. What kind of sayings? He's talking about the wisdoms of God. 
that you read in Proverbs, the principles of God, the truth. He's saying it's really good to keep these sayings in your heart. Jesus said it this way, remain in me and let my words remain in you. If you remain in me and my words remain. See, there's something about the Christian life where words are to remain. There's, there, there's a, a, a truth that's supposed to get in and we keep it there. How, how do we know if, if it's in our heart that we, it actually starts coming out of our mouth? He says, always ready on your lips. I want to ask you today, do you know enough word that is actually ready on your lips? Have you spent some time planting, listening, memorizing? Yes, memorizing scripture. It's not just some ancient practice that we do to feel good about ourselves. No, if we'll actually memorize scripture, you know what happens? We start to keep the truth in our heart. See, I've got some truth in my heart. I got some truth in my heart. And when I wake up and I'm full of anxiety or fear, I have something to say to that fear. I have, I have things to say like where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I have things to say like, oh, I, I just pray that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, would begin to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I, number one, I can recognize that it's not from him. And number two, I know how to get it out. Because I don't want fear, anxiety actually getting and taking root in my heart. Have we memorized and fed on Scripture? I, um, I've told this story before. I don't think many of you have heard it, but uh, just me personally, one of the things I've had to walk through a lot is just w w would be anxiety. Um, and uh, especially just I, I played sports for so long, I, uh, I would get so anxious before games. I mean, to the point where, like, I wanted to throw up. I mean, uh, to the point where it stole the joy out of the actual game. And I know this is kind of a trivial example, but I... I I just didn't like how I felt. I almost didn't even want to play anymore because I experienced so much, so much anxiety in my life. And I began to get mentored by this man, and he began to teach me how to fill my heart up, and he began to teach me the power of declaration and the power of the word. And he gave me about 10 scriptures that I, I wrote in my, in my Bible, and then I would go to, to these scriptures when I, when I needed them. And so it, it never failed. We always played on a Saturday. About 5 o'clock on a Friday night, I started getting really, really nervous. Didn't sleep really well, woke up. I didn't even have a thought before I had the nerves. Anybody, anybody ever been there before? Have you, have you ever noticed you just wake up and you're just in fear for some reason? See, we have to, we have to realize that there is a battle going on for our heart. There's a battle going on. Now, I remember I would wake up and I would feel this anxiety. And I would always drive in my truck and I'd get to the parking lot of the locker room and turn off my truck and I'd get out my Bible and I'd begin to open the word and I'd begin to just declare the word of God over myself. Things like I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Lord, I thank you that just as Jesus grew with wisdom and stature and favor with both God and man, so I am growing in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. And I just began, here's what I began to do. I began to just build myself up, encourage myself up. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to ball out on the football field, number one. There's that. But because I noticed that there was something that was trying to get into my heart that didn't belong. 
And before I ever let it actually take root, I said, no, it's time to fill up. It's time to fill up. And I would leave that truck and go into those games with way more confidence than I ever woke up with. Not in my own ability, but in his ability in me. You know what, many of, many of you today, and i just be really, really honest with you, you've been letting the enemy whoop up on you for too long. And you know what the enemy will do? He'll just keep attacking you in the same area as long as it works. He doesn't have need to go anywhere else or tempt you with anything else or come at you in any other way because this one way works. And what I want you to do is to begin to wrap your mind around, if I'm dealing with this thing, then this is the very thing that I need to start filling my heart with when it comes to his word. If it's fear and anxiety, I need to go find scripture on peace and courage and boldness and faith. And I need to know it and I need to memorize it and I need to fill myself up. If I'm easily offended, I need to go and remind myself of the forgiveness of God. I need to go remind myself of the grace of God, of the mercy of God. If I deal with insecurity and jealousy, I need to go and remind myself that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My identity is not wrapped up in what I do or what I don't do. It's all in him. Begin to fill up. I'm gonna ask you today, where do you, where do you need to fill up? What areas of your life have you just been letting the enemy win? No condemnation, no shame, no guilt. Now it's just time to elbow him in the teeth. <laughs> enough is enough. That's the power that you have. Can I encourage you today? That's the power that you have. That's the strength that is on the inside of you when you know his word. That's the strength that is on the inside of you when you realize that the, that spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.